This podcast brought to you by Mojo. Their coffees are fairly hipster. Today's flavor note is fruit. Hey, welcome to episode 62 of Front Seat Gamer. I'm Nick. I'm here with Severn. Hey, How's Nick. it going? It's good, man. It's good to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be back. You did, I was back. You did some good hosting, though, Sam. Like, that was some good shit. <laughs> Thanks, Blake. Yep. I always panic at the time of recording, <laughs> and I come off a little sour as well. But uh, sour. not sour, just down about the whole thing. But then I hear <laughs> oh, them. Oh, isn't like afterwards? Yeah, but yeah, then but I, I, I hear them, and then I'm like, oh, why, why was I... <laughs> Worried. <laughs> they came out okay. For good reason. No. <laughs> uh, Blake, how's it going? Good, man. Good. Yep. Um, have you guys been playing anything? Uh, I have, actually. But um, do we want to talk about your E3 experience first? Like, I'm uh, really interested yeah, we in... Yeah, we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for listeners who... Uh, did, did we talk? Did you guys talk about this while I was gone? I don't know. We talked maybe. a bit about E3, but we, I mean... We you mentioned were... that you were at yeah. E3. Yeah. Yep. So, I was at E3. Um, I was representing Grinding Gear. Uh, I was on the show floor in the Xbox booth, um, basically watching over our demo station and, and giving people a hand when they needed it, mm-hmm. explaining how, basically what the game is. Um, it's always fun when someone isn't familiar with Path of Exile and you get them to play for a little while. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty fun. And I'm go, I say, well, let me show you something really cool. And I tell, I, I basically navigate them over to the passive tree. Mm-hmm. It starts off zoomed in, so they're like, oh, wow, that's that's a big tree. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, now hold down the left trigger. And they zoom out and like, what? Oh, that's cool. What? Oh, that's my cool. God, that's so – and then like grab their friend. Dude, look at this. This is crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I made that. Yeah. Well, I've I, – I didn't as, make as, it. As, as far as they know, you did. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I made that. I yeah. drew that out myself. No. Um I like the pride that we get from from that passive skill tree. Yes, it's yeah. it, it's a fantastic feature to show off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's especially when like people only play for what ten minutes or whatever it is on the show floor. Um, having something memorable like that mm-hmm. really helps. You th- there'd be a lot of people who would then take a photo of the booth specifically mm-hmm. with like the Path of Exile sign in it, so mm-hmm. that they could download it later. Um, telling them what, that it was free to play also was always a, a fun thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Be like, oh, and it's totally free to play. And like, oh, what, what, what? Free? What? I'm like, yeah, free to play. And like, oh, but you like sell like experience boosts? No, 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 no. Just like uh, we we sell cosmetics and and some, some stash space and like, but like weapons and stuff? No, no, no. Oh, wait, really? <laughs> it it <laughs> is quite an awesome model. Yeah, it's it's always cool to see people's reactions to the the sort of big points of Path of Exile. Mm-hmm. It's also a little bit sad that they've just gotten used to like, oh, so it may be free to play, but you're going to rip us off with like <laughs> right. experience yeah, yeah. boosts and uh, yeah. you know, buying the best weapons and armor and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, yeah, that's just the state of the mm-hmm. industry though, right? Yeah. Um, we, uh, I didn't get to spend much time on the show floor looking at, at, at like other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I did wander around a little bit Uh I, the only thing I really wanted to play was Mario Odyssey, mm-hmm. and the queue for that was more than an hour. Oh I my had to God. be back at the booth like in less than half an hour. At so that they point, so they let uh, like public. It was open to public, right? That was yeah. that was oh yes, a big thing. 
yes, that was a terrible decision. <laughs> so I've, the thing I've heard is that, um, like, it was open to the public, but there was no sort of infrastructure change to allow for an extra, like, 10,000 people or something. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I mean, E3 is, like, a, a giant, like, cluster love. Yeah. <laughs> um, I censored myself. You can swear on this podcast, you know. Cluster frick. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe not that harsh. <laughs> uh, uh, this is my 33. Um, and and this one was... I, I, this is also the first time I'd been on the show floor as like a, a booth exhibitor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, other times I'd been a journalist. And I'd previously just been able to like skip to the front of lines, even in front of other journalists because I was working for a major outlet. Um uh, which w- was simultaneously like awesome and kind of like terrible. <laughs> it's like I feel a little guilty, but I don't have to wait an hour, so I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this year, uh, I saw maybe four journalists total walk oh, wow. past our booth. Like it was just pretty much consumers hmm. and exhibitors and. And then the journalists all had basically private meetings elsewhere or, mm. or whatever it is. And uh, that, I think, is really, really, really bad for E3. Okay. The, the reason is, the, the, uh, last year, or maybe or this year rather, um, the, the setup is great for the people who run E3. They make a ton of money from the consumers. Sure, yeah. But it's terrible for the game publishers, game developers, and game journalists hmm. who all of whom spend money to go there to like uh either report on or have their product reported on hmm. um and for them e3 is like the primary place to show off your wares and hmm. and it it can really determine like the course of of how the the media represents your game for it's the like, next year basically. i mean it's an in, it, it was always like an industry thing right yes. like that it was industry people coming together and showing their stuff. Yes, um, and it, but it, and it was very specifically like the game journalists are here to look at and try the new games mm. that are theoretically theoretically coming out over the next year or whatever it is. And and the game publishers and developers were there to show off their product. Mm. When the consumer is there, the game journalist now has to contend with a ton of people and lines. Mm. Sometimes they like small outlets won't probably even realize that they could potentially be skipped to the front of the line. Mm. Um, whereas major outlets, it doesn't re- their, their status probably doesn't change that much. Mm. They just have to now contend with a massive amount of sweaty people. Uh, and the game publishers and, and, and developers, they spent a lot of money to set up a booth and have like meetings and stuff ready, like to show off their mm. product to the journalists. Because if a journalist writes an article about your game, that's going to, like be read by hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of people, right? It's you get a huge reach on that. But if you if you like if it's just the consumers there, you're you get might you might get a consumer to play your game. Mm. They might like it. They might tell a couple friends. You're not spending like that tens and thousands of like possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Just so some people can tell their friends that the game was okay. Like there's other shows that are like consumer focused. Yes. You know? Yeah, PAX is a perfect example. Mm. Uh, PAX is extremely consumer-focused. It's a huge gathering of yeah. lovers of video games, and that's awesome. And I think that there is a place for that, and like PAX is a perfect... Yeah, because like, like developers go there knowing 
we're going to show the public our stuff. Yes. And developers go to E3 saying we want to show the press yes. our stuff. Yes. It, E3 is not set up uh, with like big fan meetups in mind. Mm. But that's sort of what it becomes um, when when the consumers are there. Mm. And so I don't I, – if this happens again next year, I can't see a reason why most smaller – uh, or even mid-sized game developers and publishers would spend the money to mm. go there because they probably won't make their money back in their coverage. Mm. Do you think that they would then have to like, um, if they, if they were to continue um, having it like open to the public, would there be like press days that are like, you know, say, say it runs for, I don't know, a week or something. Right. Be like half the week is, for like just only press allowed in E3, and that's when they have all the conferences and all that sort right. of stuff. And then the other half, like consumers are let in, and and they just you know. Um, that's what some other things have done in the past, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's an it's an okay idea. The thing is, E3 is already like three days on the show floor. Yep. Which is quite it's a, a it's quite a big, long. It's a big thing. And uh, like several days before that, press conferences and yep. uh, presentations and stuff like that, um, and even. This year, uh, the show floor closed at like six p.m. I think, okay. and then at like six thirty till like nine, they would have uh, like press exclusive events and like yeah, uh, business exclusive events on the show floor. Yeah, so it was still already like they they had elements of that, mm. um, but I just don't. No, I don't think it that would save it. Basically, is uh, it is it just too tiring for people to do? Like, it's if, if it's, they had a full week of just or you know five days or something of. Yeah, of just going. Yes, know? it E3 is exhausting, both mm. physically and mentally. Um, and yeah, no, it's just I don't. It's it's just it seems like a bad idea to to turn this into like PAX two. Yeah, because um, there's already PAX. Yep. Uh, and there's Comic Con. Yes, there's Comic Con as well, and, and there's, there's like there's Gamescom, Gamescom and, and there's, there's like yeah uh, EB Expo in Australia. Yeah. There's like a bunch of these. E3 does not need to be that. I think, I, I still think, like, getting the public, like, engaging in some way in some part of E3 is awesome. Like, but you, not to, like, the detriment of E3 itself, you know? Yes. I think if they're going to do that, they may basically probably need to do, like, a second expo entirely. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, maybe, yeah. Like, E3 consumer or something like that. Yeah. Like E3 E three corporate and E three consumer. Yeah, don't call it that, obviously, but like, split like make them clearly split up. Mm. Like one week, there's a thing, and the next week, a actually, thing. that like straight up splitting it up would probably be a great idea because I remember uh, listening to you know the podcasts and stuff that came out of E three and people commenting on how uh, there was a lot of like, it was open to the public and stuff, but they would hear people uh, like not sh basically not sure what they were actually buying for their ticket like a lot of people seem to think that they would get into the press conferences right. and all that sort of stuff and right. they not at all because it's for the press yeah so having a separate e3 that's like this is consumer e3 yeah you know exactly what you're getting right you know there's and no they can, they can space that out a lot more yeah. than um uh the other part of this is even this year with the consumers there it wasn't particularly consumer friendly because for the most part if you, there was a game you wanted to see like if there's a game you're super excited about, mm. i.e. Mario Odyssey, yeah, uh, you would have to queue for an hour. Yeah, and so the show floor is only open from like ten till six mm. or whatever, 
And if you spend an hour queuing per game and then like maybe 15 minutes playing, mm. you get to see maybe like four games, but then, maybe five or six. And that's really lucky. That's a thing I kept hearing as well is that they, they introduced thousands of more people into E3, yeah. but did not like, it wasn't the capacity. Yeah. It didn't extend like enlarging three in any way to, 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 for the, to accommodate that new yeah. amount of people. Yeah, and on top of that, a lot of the people who spent money to go to E3 are probably also trying to do journalism. As in, like, I, I there was a dude who wandered over to our booth and played for a little while, and, yeah. and I talked to him, and he said, oh, I have a website. Um, and he had a consumer pass. Like, he was, he oh, was there right. as a consumer, not as a journalist. Hmm. And, you know, that's probably the correct thing because anybody can make a website. Um, I mean, we made a website. Yeah, right? Uh, why did? Where, by the way, where's my where's my front seat gamer E three press pass? When 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 do I get uh, that? Uh, um, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, you know, it's too mixed now. It was it was not a cl- there was no clear focus for this E three. Yeah, uh, all this E three was was like these are the games that people are announcing. Some of them are playable, mm. and now it's basically a free for all on the show floor to see yeah. who actually gets to play it. Yeah. Uh, is bad from that perspective yeah however from my perspective standing on the show floor in the microsoft booth um i got to meet a lot of our fans there's a bunch of people who came uh specifically to like play path of exile at least to come to the booth there was there was one dude the okay my i think my favorite person to come to the the our, our little spot i don't remember his first name but his last name is jupiter which is just the coolest last name ever. Oh, and man. he just had the best attitude, and he was having a great time. That's awesome. Um, and uh, I, I basically let him play like any content he wanted to because he just had a great attitude. Um, and, and it was fun like meeting people like that who were like, oh, I love Path of Exile. I was so excited when you guys announced it for Xbox because I want to be able to play it on my couch. Um, you know, I'd let him play. And mm. by and large, pretty much everyone said it feels great. Like it's it, – I was – skeptical when i heard about it mm. but you know it feels really good and like the, it feels sharp and uh it doesn't feel clumsy and um that's great because it's so much like i mean I'm, I'm not on the xbox team but i feel like like 80 percent of effort is just trying to get controls to work it's, yep. it's such a huge thing yeah and there's still there are still some hurdles on that front um inventory management is going to be hard uh that's mm. that's just the main that's that's the main sore spot, even currently. Yep. Um, and I mean, even on PC, inventory management can be a little bit clumsy. Mm-hmm. So moving that over to the controllers is the hardest part. Mm. Um, but like when you're in the midst of combat or like even really managing your passageway or whatever it is, like any anything, basically everything else feels great. Like really, really good. That's cool. Um. And so I'm, I'm actually really excited for this to come out on console because it's going to be fun. Um, so you didn't get to play Mario Odyssey then? Nope. Uh, I did watch the trailer though. Yep. Looks what do you great. think? Yeah. Looks like uh, it's going to be one of the best platformers of all time, just like every other Mario game. Oh man! <laughs> Basically, oh, I'm so excited. I, I wish Mario. they didn't. They didn't. They only showed New Donk City, right? They didn't show any other. Oh no, they did. They did they, show. They showed some stuff. They showed like a dinosaur thing, and like uh, they showed like a cold desert. Actually, now that I remember, yeah, a, a cold. Desert? Yeah, it was a cold desert. It had like ice, ice cube, ice like shards everywhere. Was it sandy? Yeah, 
I thought it was sandy. It was like red sand. Oh, man. And everyone was shivering. Mario was shivering. I got a. I got a. And he, and he bought a poncho and a, and a, a big hat. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the hat is basically the theme of the. Yeah. And every, every world has its own currency. Really? Yep. Oh, man. Where you buy, you, and shops that you buy stuff I, using I, that currency. <laughs> I just need to pay more attention to this. Isn't that, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. So, Vern, <laughs> you're, you're, you were so skeptical about. Mario, I, I guarantee you still are. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me why. I, I haven't seen enough. Now, you, I, did you I, see I the like... trailer? You you mentioned the dinosaur to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you think of that? Oh, the like the the look of this dinosaur. Yeah, I mean, or and and just the look of the game in general. Um, I don't like how he's some freak cartoon character in a world of real life looking. See, people, I love that. People that are normally proportioned. I love that. I think that's so funny. I think it's like a really clever move to take. Mm-hmm. So someone, um, I heard this like theory, right, about that. That uh, So uh, like New Dong City is uh, like uh, Donkey Kong is running it, right? Okay. So in original Donkey Kong where Mario was like Jumpman, so does that mean he was originally from... New Donk City, but has spent so much time in the Mushroom Kingdom that it's like physically mutated him uh, into this weird saying. cartoon man. Yep. And now that he's come back, it's you can he can clearly see the difference of like the monster he's become. <laughs> I, I don't know because he's so happy in, in New Donk City. I don't think he even realizes. I think that's just that his. Uh, that's just his his, his, his attitude. Attitude. <laughs> he's just like you know what. I'm making make the I'm best making, of everything. Yeah. If if you were like a short overweight plumber hmm. like <laughs> to be honest I, i'd rather like to see a cartoon version of new york city or whatever it is with cartoony like characters and that look like mario instead of but these really there's already i think that's going to be a part of it i suspect that i mean there are already going to be areas that are yeah. cartoony and, well uh, and wacky like i say in that cold desert that had like a little town and like quests and stuff okay and they were all like Mario proportioned type okay. type yeah. guys. If I mean you if you've played Super Mario Sunshine, Delfino Plaza is a big cartoony city mm-hmm. and it's beautiful mm-hmm. and um and it's really fun to navigate. Nick, I played the wheels off of um <laughs> of Sunshine. Yeah? Yeah. Um I it's too early for me to say anything, obviously. Yeah. Um I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more. That's um, well that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a change. That's a that's a positive change. Uh that's good. Did anything else catch catch your attention during uh, E3? Like I said, I didn't really get to do much. But, uh, okay, but how... it's been like a couple weeks since yeah. Yeah. E3. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, I've been working. Uh, right. All right. <laughs> uh, how did, did did you watch the um, Mario? X- I don't even know what it's called. The Mario XCOM. Oh Rabbids yeah, yeah. Game. Uh, Mario v Rabbids, Rabbids or whatever. Is that what it's just called? Ra- like uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did see that. What uh, did you think of that? Uh, I thought that was odd. Yeah, but, but from everything I've heard, is like, is I, it looks great actually. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, I love those sorts of games, and you know, Mario, love Mario, can't get enough Mario. Mm. Um, I actually I did see some other stuff. Uh, the uh, Cuphead, Cuphead's mm-hmm. looking fantastic. All right, I actually didn't see. I mean, I saw that Cuphead had some new announcements, or was it just like they're showing new stuff? Com- it's coming out this year. Ah, uh, yeah, they yeah. Announced that. But I didn't um, I see any October trailer, any new trailers or anything. They, yeah, they had a new trailer. Okay. Um, it looks, the game looks so good. Man, if if you're excited about art, mm-hmm. Severn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cuphead looks fantastic. Cuphead is probably my favorite ever 
art style 2D mm-hmm. side scroller. Cuphead, okay. Cuphead, I think, is one of those games where you can just take a still frame of it and be like, this looks great. Yes. Mm-hmm. This looks like a picture. And oh, I've, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, this comes back to my point about making your game look different. Mm-hmm. Because this was a small indie <laughs> team that was working on this, I believe. Initially. Oh, okay. Um, and the guy who, who, like, the reason they landed on that art style is because, like, I'm pretty sure the artist was trained as like an animator mm. like a ha- by hand animator mm-hmm. um if he's he trained in that really... style that was a long he's an, he's an old man well i think he 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 aggress- he basically went for that style he decided oh i'm gonna yeah. do this um, or maybe he was an illustrator who tried because right. because the thing with that style is that that was like the dominant style until like disney basically started and all the rules of animation were introduced well and... that was i mean that was also disney style well, true, but I mean, Steamboat Willie, it looks yeah, yeah, so much like that. But I mean, newer, like more Disney's, refined yes. styles. It's like, uh, rub, rubber it. tubes. Yeah, it's rubber tubes. <laughs> no, nothing has any like mass. Everything's stretchy. Everything. Right. No, there's no, no bones. No yeah, no yeah. bones. But man, that game looks so good. Yeah. Um, just, just purely aesthetically. Um, I, I do like artsy games. Actually, um, what was that freaking? Th- there was a PlayStation Three game. Uh. Or in the Black Forest? No, it had puppets in it. Uh, it was a Sony uh, Japan mm. Japan Studios game. Damn it! Okay, I'm really blanking on the name. But it was it was artistically fantastic as okay. well, and it was 3D. It was very stylized. You're a guy. You had um, your Kujiro, and his. You would switch heads out with other things, huh. and and it the the theme was like, the screen was a uh, a theater, so it had yeah. curtains in between every every. Uh, Oh, that's cool. All the chapters. Interesting. Yes, that that's was cool. cool. Um, I mean, Little Big Planet had sort of a, a like stuffed toy aesthetic. Going yeah, on. it did that have was, that, that kind of vibe. Cool. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of when someone like when a game takes a theme and runs with it. Mm-hmm. Nintendo is also very good at this, like Yoshi's Story, the high the whole storybook thing, um, and like Paper Mario. Yeah, whole... I like Kirby. Kirby's pretty fantastic yep. too. That Stitch. Yeah. Yes. The, yep. Um, yeah. Style. Um, Nintendo. Definitely likes to double down on that sort of thing. Um, they announced a new. Uh, did they announce a new Yoshi game? Yoshi game. I don't know. Maybe like a felt one or something. Or was that because there was Yoshi's oh, Woolly World a while back? This this sounds kind of familiar. But, I think that there's a newer I may one. Just be like like creating a memory right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm incepting you. Manufacturing a memory. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, you've, you've just incepted. Me. I've incepted you. Yep. <laughs> Uh, uh, there were some other things I saw. Oh, um, Rareware uh, has uh, Sea of Thieves. Oh, dude. Yes, which, we were talking about that so, because yeah, I didn't believe that their water looked as good as like <laughs> what you were saying. And Basically, then, I was like, uh, one of their developers came over and I was like, I was telling him how we had just improved our water effects and we're like really proud of it. It looks, it looks so real. It looks so good. Our, our water effects, are, I'm, I'm so proud of them. And then I had seen theirs like in the Microsoft conference and it's just like, oh, never mind. Yeah. Ours is, uh, well, ours there's got a long way to go. I mean, we've got waves and they've and, got an ocean, you know? Yes. Their, their water effects are the best water effects I've ever seen in a game. I've got to, I've got to check this out. They yeah. are. I didn't believe them. <laughs> Yeah, because I was like, because I I remember that I'd seen gameplay of that, mm. um, mostly on an isle, on islands and yeah. around shallow water, uh, around calm water, and I'm like, yeah, I get it, it's a cartoony piratey thing. And then Nick's like raving about their water, and I was like, you're crazy. Mm. 
and I saw this video and was like, holy shit, this mm -hmm. water is is amazing. Like, yes. if you thought uh, Grand Theft Auto's water was yeah. great, this blows it out. Of, the this blows their water out of the water. Yeah. Oh, Grand Theft Water is Grand water is now dry. That's a Grand, <laughs> Grand, Grand Theft Water. Grand Theft Water. Yeah, Grand Theft Water. <laughs> That's Sea of Thieves is now Grand Theft Water because they just stole GTA's water. Yeah. Um, no, it, that that water is unbelievable. The thing is, like, um, I I think we all realize that water is a really hard thing to pull. Yes. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Just when just you, in three D. When you do though, Jesus Christ, you. Yeah, it, yep. it's great. Yeah. Um, so you, if you haven't seen the Sea of Thieves trailer, mm. just look at that water. Mm -hmm. That's the main thing to take away from yeah. the trailer. That, that Are you water. excited for the game? Eh. <laughs> you just um, like the water? <laughs> I talked to some of their guys. Their guy's really nice. Um, uh, that game, at least when I played it, uh, was kind of a nightmare to control. You have like uh, a bunch of different things you can interact with. You've got like the, the radial wheel of items and stuff. Uh, and being a, you basically you end up equipping an item, and then to use your item, you have to like hold down shoulder buttons and stuff. And it was mm -hmm. a bit weird and hard to manage. Um, and it's also, I think, the kind of game that I don't really enjoy playing that much anyway. Like, you you have to play with a group of people, and um, so there there are tasks that uh, work to create that like teamwork feeling mm -hmm. um but i think are just not that fun for example if your if your ship is damaged and starts taking on water you have to start bailing the water out with a bucket pretty fun we have right <laughs> so uh that doesn't really appeal to me i don't really want to like i don't want to have to go and get wood and then repair the hole and then start bailing water out of a ship mm -hmm. that sounds I like mean, work well maybe you're more <laughs> interested in finding another ship to take over and you kill their crew and now yeah, their ship sure. is your ship yeah but how are you going to do that if your ship is underwater? You just you just wait on a well, yeah. If you're out in the middle of the ocean, you, you're a little bit. If your ships are taking on water. You, you swim to a near, nearby island. Like chances are, another crew is going to show up to take some treasure off that island, and then you can just like take their ship. <laughs> so you're saying just live on the island until someone arrives. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like I understand why you don't like well, why you might not be interested in this game, but this yeah. game is right up my this, alley. It does sound like exactly the sort of thing you'll like. Because yeah. it, like like you said, it's a, it's a game that you will play with a group. And like, I've got a little group of friends that I play these kind of games with, like Ark, and like yep. we were playing Vermintide not too long ago and stuff like that. So playing with a, a core group of, of friends is I like, that's where that game is going to shine, you know? And because it just, it just creates like hilarious, like, situations you yeah know? It's, there's gonna be a lot of fun stories that come out of that mm. you and your friends found this awesome island yeah. and then like two other ships arrived and you had to fight for the treasure whatever it is you know the, there are gonna be cool moments that come out of that yeah but like uh, i'm very worried about the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay of okay i have to go and collect wood to repair the hull of my ship and then i have to bail out the water yep. and then i have to find the map and then like read the map and find the treasure and I, dig it out with a shovel yeah i i get uh i i think uh some of the um uh some of the sort of like drama is going to happen in uh interacting with other crews right so yeah you go to an island and you need to pace it out but then oh shit there's another ship has just arrived what do we do and then that yeah. that's the whole game is like i think the game depends on conflict with other crews yes yes like, absolutely yeah um, so there's potential there. Um, mm. I, I think, Blake, you'll probably really like it. Severn, you'll yeah. hate it. <laughs> cool. 
Uh, that water. We'll see what happens. Yeah. That, oh, that water. dude, you really need to see that water. That yeah, water dude, is. Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out right after. So cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a bunch of the Blizzard guys came by and played oh, our game. Cool. Of course. Yeah. Like These there's guys. literally like six or seven of them like hovering around playing. Yeah. Yep. Talk to them for a little while. They had notepads and uh, telescopes. <laughs> uh, they seemed like really nice dudes. They were like. They were ripping on each other, like, how come you didn't do this? And how come you didn't think oh, of that? Awesome. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, our game's cool. <laughs> uh, so by and large, like it was there was there was fun stuff that happened. I didn't I just none of it involved video games for me. <laughs> Unfortunately. Who was who was uh uh who was the most famous person you met? Okay. So there were actually some like celebrity VIPs who came by. Oh yeah, I think um, you said about this. I I don't I didn't recognize any of them. Yeah, However, I, 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 a group of guys came by and said they said that they're Danny Trejo's like personal assistants. Oh what? And that his like stepson was playing Path of Exile and like okay. So I talked to his stepson for a while and like told him he he wanted to get into game development and I was so I was sort of giving him some like advice on like well these are the different paths you can take and this is what you'll need to do and that sort of thing. Um, uh, and the the, the their personal like the group of guys seemed to really like the game and they mm. were they were pretty cool about it um and and then some dude came over with his son and i have a feeling because i i forgot what his first name was but um i i think it was maybe neil strauss who wrote the game which is that like pickup artist book from the 2000 right yeah era yeah we all know about the game yeah, yeah, we've all read that. <laughs> yeah, so he came by to play our game. Oh uh, shit! I think New that research. was research. Yep. He seemed like a totally nice guy as well. Yep. Uh, and and his son was playing, uh, and and we I showed him the game, and he was like really excited about it. Hmm. So there were some there were some people who I think like some Microsoft representatives came by and said we have some some celebrities who want to play the game, and I'd be like, okay, yeah, sure, <laughs> they can play it. It's fine. <laughs> Um, our, our booth didn't really have a line at all. Oh, right. Because it was like deep in the Microsoft booth and there were lines all around it. Oh my God. <laughs> so people just assumed that there were lines. I feel, I feel like there's a, uh, if, if, if the, if people are waiting in line for two hours, there's definitely a market there to be like, put, put mini booths in the line, mm-hmm. you know? Wait, I've got a 3DS is tied to very attractive woman. Just walking around—is that what you said? Oh yeah, um, maybe yeah. not. Maybe not tied. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't that the Nintendo. Thing? That was yeah, the Nintendo thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like you were like comparing to Disneyland, you were saying that they've like in, in their lines had stuff that you could do. You had the stuff lines. to do yes. in the lines. Yes. Could like if if you got there's a giant line into the Microsoft booth. Yeah. You're inside the Microsoft booth. Wouldn't it be cool to have like some some sort of mini little booths right. playing Path of Exile on the in within the line mm-hmm. well so that it was sort of organically what happened to some degree people yeah. would step out of line and play for a little while um the problem step is, out of line yeah they cool. were way out of line um the problem is that like uh if you have something like that in the line people will just stay there yeah the yeah. line doesn't move anymore <laughs> yeah you need you know? okay this is why you need them on some sort of rotating <laughs> conveyor belt okay <laughs> You're, what you're describing at this point, Blake, is like a human harvesting machine. Uh, <laughs> Just, yeah, I'm all, I'm all about people that. People step on board the human harvester and they get fed <laughs> through the line and they come out the other side of the Microsoft booth. Yeah, Microsoft customers. Yep. Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that I just think that maybe there's some sort of like 
There's, there's something that can be added to this line mm-hmm. that can be selling a product is, to these people. Uh, Blake, people I, study I, social dynamics for this reason. This is, this is not, you haven't solved this problem, Blake. I'm sorry. Blake, also, I don't think they gave a damn. Yeah, they don't really care. Uh, what, but what, the people in the line don't care? No, the E3 organizers. Oh, right. No, well, I mean, clearly they didn't. Otherwise, they would be doing exactly yeah. what I said. Mm. It wasn't set up in a consumer-friendly way. Um, but, you know what? Overall, I think most people probably had a mm. fairly good time. It was just exhausting. It's just very tiring. It'd be interesting to see uh, how much it changes for next year. I, I hope it goes back to the way it was because... <laughs> you don't like change. I understand. Yeah, I just hate change. Yeah. just hate it. Hated Obama's whole like thing, you know? Change. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't worry. <laughs> Someone's making it great again. Yes, we can. Um, no, I, I, I think that consumers was a bad idea i hope it goes back to not, not consumers. i keep, i, keep de- I this depends on how much money the e3p like organizers made i think well the thing is if they made a lot of money this year next and they want to do it again next year next year they're not going to get like publisher and developer money right so gonna have there's going to gonna be a cost yeah. somewhere yeah um anyway while i was gone severin you hosted mm-hmm. um you went on a little bit of a rant in your episode <laughs> About uh, story and games. He's, he's just, he learned it from you as the normal, the regular host. Yeah. Can, can I set it up? Because you didn't listen to the last episode. <laughs> I, listened, hey, I listened to part of it. I listened to more of that episode than I have ever listened to any of our episodes. Yep. It wasn't an off the cuff rant. It, uh, no, this it, was, this came from a question from a, from a, re- from, a, a from our website. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a guy called me out and I just thought I had to explain my position. We're yep. going to talk about story now. Yep. Now the thing is, when you explained your position, <laughs> mm-hmm. you enraged a lot of people. At oh work. yeah. So that's the thing. Um, some people <laughs> at work were very um, angry with my opinions. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I don't think that's unjustified, frankly. Okay. Um, and uh, the thing is, I could I could come here and I could start listing out games that have fantastic stories. Mm-hmm. Do we want to do a very quick summary of actually what? Yes, that's what about. Okay, I, I pretty much said a story in video games aren't there yet, basically. Now, um, your argument was that if you read a book, you can have like an emotional reaction, right? Uh, it's right. just better a better medium for getting story across. Okay, so let's talk about story in games in general, and let's talk about the differences between. Uh, like traditional media and and games. Games are like one of the newest forms of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, books and films and TV have been around for a lot longer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in a sense, they've had time to mature. But this is not actually the important thing. The important thing is that games, uh, stories and games have to be told in a different way to all other mediums because... Uh, they can happen non-linearly and they can happen or not happen based on the player's input, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what I what I put to you is this. Stories in games are not just what happens. It is everything in the game. Mm-hmm. So for example, let's use, uh, let's use one you're very familiar with, GTA. Mm-hmm. Okay? What do you think of GTA's story? It's okay. 
it's okay. <laughs> well, the thing is, the 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 actual um, video game stories I don't put in high regard, so I think it's pretty much it would be an above average story. Okay, tell me in this, the video game spectrum. Tell me the tell me the story of GTA to you. Uh, well, th- there are multiple protagonists. Yep, <laughs> and um, you you do bad stuff. Yep, so it's a a, so, a power thing. Yeah, and there's you know there's conflict between the characters, and you, you yep. rob places, and there's you know police and, yep, and betrayals and their all own sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, if it were a film, it would be pretty standard, sort of standard affair, sort of like uh, your typical heist film, right? I, see, I wouldn't even c- compare the two like that. Why? Uh, moves and video games. You, you're saying it's it's average. It's an, it's an action movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's an action video game. Yeah, but if but if if um, what would you compare GTA's if if you had to compare GTA's story to um, the story of another medium, mm-hmm. so like books, film, television, um, what would you compare it to? Uh, I wouldn't. Why? It, sh- it should stand on its own. Okay. Sh- it shouldn't. Isn't this the whole thing? Like video games are its own thing. It should be doing yes. its own thing. Um. Well, y- yes, it should be doing its own thing, and I think it is. Mm. Um, and this is what I'm. This is why. In GTA, you've got your storyline, but that's not the story, right? Uh, because it, there's a lot more to the story in GTA than just what happens to those characters. Uh, the, there is an entire city mm-hmm. that doesn't actually exist in real life, mm-hmm. right? It's based on a real city, but like GTA's whole island. Um, with like the desert and the city and like the airports and all this other stuff, those are all fabricated, mm-hmm. right? And each of those like elements, like each building was placed f- by an artist and designed by an artist with a specific like purpose or style in mind. Mm-hmm. This is entirely different to um, a film or television or a book where. Uh, you encounter everything that the filmmaker creates or, or, or author creates uh, in the order that they want it to be encountered. Mm-hmm. In GTA, you can encounter any of these elements anytime um, and under any circumstance. And that means that the story can be either what the artist put there or whatever or what you do there mm. or what another player does there while you're around. Um, so I, I don't think GTA is a great game to talk about this because okay. of the open world nature. But there are a lot of open world games now. Mm-hmm. And I think that the open world nature is an important part of game storytelling now. Um, I'm just going to say that open world games aren't great in telling story just because of the nature of the open world. I would say uh, your your linear Uncharted, your Last of Us are more... Uh, well, they're better structured to uh, have better, well, tell more of a narrative. Is it because in an open world game, you just get sidetracked? Like, you can totally have a linear experience, like, just playing the main story, mm-hmm. but then you're missing out on, like, you know, 70% of the game. There is that, and, and, but open world games, to me, are very much more experience and the journey kind of thing. Where, like, you know, you'll talk about, you play The Witcher, you're not even doing the main story anymore. You just yeah. love to go out and do yeah, your own thing. Yeah, because you just get... And yeah, it's, that's, it's sidetracked. That's, that's yeah. your story, and it's yeah. basically your experiences with this game. But 
Do you see what I'm saying, Nick? Like I do, the, and this the, is why I disagree. <clears throat> okay. Um, this is because uh, you are discounting player-created stories, and you're also discounted environmental storytelling because these are elements that don't exist. Uh, well, I, they do exist in like film. You, you can have environmental storytelling in mm-hmm. films, and books, and stuff, but you it's not the sort of it's it's different in that um, that is displayed to you. Mm-hmm. It's not something you encounter. Uh, right? Nick, I know this very well. Um, right. you, you're describing set dressing, basically. No, 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 no. Well, when you say environmental storytelling. Yeah. And, and I can tell you that there are way more restrictions in video games than movies. For environmental storytelling. Uh, yeah. No. Y- you have texture limits. So a box, a, a simple door doesn't look the same as it would in a, in a movie, for example. Because okay. You, do you see what I'm like the, you're the saying? The fidelity of this thing. So the aesthetic. Yes. What about in an animated film? <laughs> if it was important and needed to convey a certain thing, it, it could. I'm sure it would look a certain way. So, uh, I think that the visual fidelity has no bearing whatsoever on the story. It depends um, on the story. Because okay, let's use let's use Zelda: The Breath of the Wild as an example. Okay, there's tons of environmental storytelling in that game. Mm-hmm. You find like a rusty shield and a sword leaning up against a house. Right, and, and the house is in, in ruins. Mm-hmm. That tells you something. Um, and you see like a giant spider m- machine thing like frozen perched on top of it. That tells you something, right? Okay. Um, and it doesn't need to spell it out mm. because you get to put the pieces together. Um, Nick, I, I very much like this as well. Um, the When people go to art galleries and they look at paintings and they just talk about their opinions of this one this painting. Yeah. I, I like that. Sure. Because it's not, it's not told to them. They, they can get their own this is why Jackson Pollock's bullshit abstract expressionist was so um, good to like these hipsters that didn't it's, like it's it. a bit of a Rorschach test, right? These, these verbose motherfuckers. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so that's cool. I yeah. like this is why I love visuals actually. Okay. For, for that reason, you can yep. show two people the same image and they'll come away with their their own dif- definitions sure. of it. Yeah. I love this shit. Um, and. Well, that's that's my thoughts on visuals. <laughs> right. So okay, so what I think what I think the, why I take issue, and I think why a lot of people have taken issue with what you said, mm. is you are talking strictly about like the script of a game, the dialogue between characters um, that starts at one point and ends at another, and I don't think that that encompasses storytelling in games. And in fact, that is only a small sliver of a small like selection of video games. Mm-hmm. Consider how often Blake talked about Ark mm-hmm. and how many stories came out of that. I, I like hearing the, the story of Ark. <laughs> right? Now, um, well, for is there you, an actual story in You're there? on an island. Oh, okay. There's dinosaurs. Yeah, okay. But no, I mean, you're, you're, I remember very clearly when you were talking about how you picked up some random dude with your pterodactyl yep. and yeah, dropped him in that. the ocean and... Then you picked him up and dropped him in a cage and yeah. how this had happened to you and you, you know, it had come full circle. Yeah. This was a uh, very I'm... funny, very entertaining, um, <laughs> very stories? personal story. Now, right. uh, I'm not, I'm not talking about experiences, but the, people okay. are entitled to their own, whatever. But this is my point is <laughs> stories in video games are experiences. Okay. You experience a story in, 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 in a book. You don't experience the story. You read the story. Yeah. In a film, you don't experience the story. You watch the story. What are all these video games trying to achieve? Like, uh, th- they're, they are giving you 
emotional reactions. That is the whole point of a video game is to give you an emotional reaction. And that emotion can be like, I'm entertained, I'm having fun. It can be like, oh, I'm really sad this character died. It mm. can be like, oh, this is really frustrating, this opponent's really hard, you know? Um, these are all like valid emotional reactions and each of these has like a story to them. The story I, of like, I really struggled against this boss but then I realized what the strategy was and I beat him and the credits rolled. That's a, that's a story. I, I don't want to come across as though I'm dismissing your experience as your story for this game. Okay. I'm specifically talking about games with very strong story. Your Firewatch is your Last of Us. Sure. Right? They, they actually have a message. They actually go into the, making these games to, to tell a certain story. Okay. Right? Yep. And my critique on this is that the medium could be better. I, I guess is, is, is my whole well, Okay. <laughs> then let's explain to me how you would improve it. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Uh, <laughs> how would I improve it? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm yet to see that. So your problem is game stories aren't good enough. But you don't have a direction that they can go to make things better. <clears throat> How so let's let's use You you're almost looking at me as if I have answers. <laughs> well, I think if I think if you're going to make a criticism, mm. you need to have a if if you can make a fair criticism uh a, a fair being like you have your reasons, mm. that means like showing concrete reasons. So, for example... Nick, do you have a, a video game uh, that has good stories that you'd like to just throw in, in here? Oh, I mean, into there's this times. conversation. Sure, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, um, yeah, Day of the Tentacle, for example, is, is um, one of my all-time favorite games. And it's not like a super moving story. Mm. Um, it's not like I'm going to cry at the end of Day of the Tentacle because it's a comedy. Like, um, But like th while I'm playing Day of the Tentacle, I have... I laugh out loud a bunch of times. Mm. Um, I get invested in like what I'm doing and yep. what the character is doing. Okay. Um, I I outside of the game um, get enjoyment from solving the puzzles. Okay. And and then like what being I, I get satisfaction from that right. Mm. Um, but the actual story of Day of the Tentacle about like time travel and wacky like interactions with historical things and then the crazy stuff that happens in the future. This is all really entertaining and funny to me. Like mm. this is I have a good time playing that game. Okay. Well, I like what Uncharted's doing. Okay. Where, um, sorry, Naughty Dog. I like what they're doing. Uh, I, I talked about their epilogue. And <laughs> there is no goal in that. Basically, the goal in that, it's, it's not even told to you. But when you reach a certain point, uh, uh, another cutscene would play. Mm. But that, that point from w when you get into the epilogue to that cutscene is actually interesting. Because you're not hand-holded. You, you just, you're just walking around. And then you realize... This is what's happened to this character. <laughs> and and you explore it at your own pace. I like that. That that is not that is you can't do that in a book, in a movie. Sure. Yep. Um so I like what Naughty Dog are exploring there. So what you've just described is environmental storytelling that has a cutscene in it. Yeah, but I noticed I didn't talk about cutscene. <laughs> right. So then what's your issue with environmental storytelling? No, I love it. Okay, so then what is your issue with stories and games? Because there's tons of it. Um, well, for if, if I'm just going to go and rag on uh, Uncharted, yeah, the, the Last of Us, sure. I didn't like pushing around these crates and killing wave after wave of people. 
It actually got frustrating at some point. Actually, so the your, length of the issue, game is this, 16 This has hours. nothing to do with the story. This has to do with the gameplay. Which, which, um, this, which is part of the story. Yes, like you're 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 do, you're doing some stuff, and therefore, like you're 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 pushing the story forward, but you're also creating your own. Yeah. Um, but if if the if your criticism of stories and games is you have to do things to reach the cutscenes. <laughs> Then you are probably not playing games for the right reason. Do, do you think controllers are the best way to to go through a, a, an interactive medium? Uh, I can't. I don't think I can answer that question because the alternatives at the moment mm. are what, like moving your head around in, in a VR, like. Of uh, controllers and keyboard and mouse, these are the only options we have. Mm. How else would you interact with it? <laughs> Again, um, I don't have answers for this. Right. Like, so to answer that question, I would have to. Be I like, don't. I, oh well, no, the correct thing to do is you wave your foot in the air. Oh, you. you like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Here's what you need to do to make stories and video. Get, you. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I don't have these answers. I'm not actually working on this kind of stuff. Right. Well, this, this <laughs> is my problem. Okay. I, I think. I think what you're doing is you're. Your, the games you are comparing against film and television are are the blockbusters, right? Okay, yeah. If you sure. if you say okay, Call of Duty's story should be better. Okay, sure. I mean, Transformers move the the, the film story should be better, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know it's a shooter. I, 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 like, I don't I don't look at League of Legends and I'm like, this story's garbage. <laughs> I okay. don't I don't I'm not Good. critiquing these things right. Like that. Yeah, because looking at League of Legends and saying this story is garbage is like looking at a game of basketball and saying this, <laughs> this yeah, story is garbage. I, I'm not critiquing that. Sure. I understand what it is. Yeah. Good. <laughs> That's, I mean, League of Legends is closer to like a sport, you know, right? You can, no way. <laughs> right. No, but so, so more, more what I'm saying is like if, if you're saying that these story-driven games, these story-driven blockbusters that are going for mass appeal mm. aren't like artistic and moving enough for you. Well, duh! Like you're not you're you're watching a blockbuster. Did, did you it's play like, The Last of Us? Why Why isn't Captain America teaching me something about like history right now? Why I want to feel emotionally connected to 18th century England right now? Like this this is your criticism basically. Is your the thing you're asking for is not going to be found in the games you're looking for them in? What was a What was a game you played that you really enjoyed? Like the experience that you could not have gotten in a book or a movie. Um, I, li- I like Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> that experience but, of just sitting things and watching the world play out. Okay, that, that was fun. Okay. <clears throat> what about Firewatch? You 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 liked Firewatch? I, yeah, I thought that was cool. And you, what did you think of the story? You, you're basically just walking from point to point. <laughs> yep. That's true, and there are elements that you can miss or or find based on your own actions, and they will fill out the story. And what was amazing about that was the other character was just voice acting. Yep, you know, and, and so it was basically a an audio book <laughs> where you would with some scenery switch chapters <laughs> from and to mm. based on your response. So th- yeah, it that, was that, a choose your own adventure, right? Yeah, um, but that is that is quite close to a, like a book and and or. Or an audiobook in the in the style that that story was told, mm. um, and I, and that was a good. I enjoyed that game, and I thought the story was really interesting. Um, I guess I just can't make critiques, and, and I can't. Do Do you not agree with my statement of video games 
stories need need work? No, I don't. Okay. I mean, I I think um, they're perfect. I think no, no, I don't think they're perfect. <laughs> but I don't think they are any worse off than films, television, books, music. Like these are all things where there is like a massive pile of garbage, and then a few amazing classics, and then a bunch of like it's fine, you know. Like, Blake, do you have an opinion? <laughs> Um, I think I'm kind of, uh, aligning more with what Nick is saying. Okay. Where, like, there are some garbage video game stories, like, no doubt. Right. Mm-hmm. But, like, and, and, and saying, like, yeah, well, like, I, I don't think, uh, you should tarnish all of video games based on some garbage video game story, like, like. I don't know the the story in Call of Duty or whatever, you know, because that's like saying that's like saying, um, you know, taking the Transformers for example, being like, man, movie stories are garbage because I watched this Transformers yep. movie and it was Dude, just shit. I I do make distinctions when I criticize these. I know Transformers isn't trying to tell good stories; it's just action explosions okay. and robots. I know so, I can, I can say this is not what I'm going in yes. to this movie. Give for. give me an example of um. Of a book or a film or something that you love. Had that, a really good story? Yeah. I, I like the first Matrix. Fight Club was good. First Matrix is pretty good. Okay. So the first Matrix, it really, the focus is sort of on um, making you question reality, right? Mm. It's, there, that it's was got, a very strong some, message. Some philosophical stuff going on in there. <laughs> have you played Bioshock Infinite? Yes. You say, have, what did you think of the story of that game? I, I didn't enjoy it very much. Okay. Have you played. Because um, I I don't I don't like the audio logs. <laughs> have you played the Stanley Parable? No. I think you should play the Stanley Parable. I, I've heard I think, a I lot think about what, the Stanley I think Parable. what you're getting at is there are some things, some sort of like experiences in video games that that you can really only have in a video game. You know, like 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 Firewatch. Like it's it's your like your whole experience is what is what makes that game good. Like if you just watch that as a movie, you'd be like, "This is shit." It's just some dude walking around. But you think it a movie would be told in first person, <laughs> dude? Have you heard of uh, Hardcore Harry? Like that's the first yeah. person movie. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying that well, there's let's like, see how well that movie does. Have you seen well, Russian Arc? <laughs> Russian Arc is another first person movie yeah. shot in one take. Okay. Really, well, really interesting. Movie. But the, but the thing is, there's like stuff that video games are sort of now exploring mm-hmm. that is really where their sort of story story like and experiences kind of shine yep. you know like yeah 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 stanley parable and yeah. your, your dear ask me how and, i feel about sort of story thing. in video games in 10 years i'll have a well, different answer to you and i'll have different games to then refer you to well here's the thing i also think part of what's going on is um most great films and and books and all these other things most of these uh only become recognized as the classics that they are way down the road when when it, the story has stood the test of time um and people study it and you know like shakespeare in his time was just like you'd go and you'd see your your entertaining play and you'd go home you'd pay your, your five bucks or whatever it is mm-hmm. you know um it was they were shakespeare was the equivalent of going to see a movie going to see transformers um and and but you know 500 years later people are still studying it um games are a very very young medium mm-hmm. and i think we've already had a bunch of classics um that just haven't been recognized as such yet okay 
Portal, I think, is an example of one. Mm-hmm. Portal is a is a story in which what you think is going on is not what's actually going on, and you slowly learn this, right? And it's a, it's a brief game. It's only like a couple hours long, um, and uh, so it's in, in more comparable to a film in terms of like the length of the story. I think a thing is that like you know you you're complaining that pushing crates around in uh, Last of Us is like is is the thing that you hate about that game, right? <laughs> that was one of the things. Yeah, but um, like say like something like Portal, like their gameplay sort of fits in like really well with the story that they're telling. Yeah. Whereas like pushing around crates in Last of Us, like some of their gameplay might not gel quite well with the story that they're trying to tell. Portal is a really good game. I'll 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 give I'll give you that. Yeah, no, that's I, one point for you, Nick. I I do think that um, Portal is probably one of the best examples of a marriage between storytelling and gameplay. And mm-hmm. I do think that there is a disconnect between storytelling and gameplay in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you. It's fair to say that like there are no games right now that can can <clears throat> touch the. the because classic nature of dude, certain books. The, the cool thing is, uh, Blake, you talk about, well, I talked about pushing crates in The Last of Us. They actually do something with that mechanic towards the end of that game, which is great. And I don't want to ruin it because yeah. you haven't played it yet. Yeah, yeah. But I'm starting to hear more about new newer video games kind of taking that old formula and then skewing it a little bit, mm-hmm. which makes it very interesting. Mm-hmm. Near Automata is, is a new game that yeah. that's caught my attention. Because, dude, like, I mean... It's been interesting over the last, you know, 20 years because story and storytelling and gameplay has evolved quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And I remember a time when it was just like, I, you have a cutscene, cutscene finishes, you're in the game, you walk five meters, another cutscene, that finishes, you're in the game again, you walk another 10 meters, cutscene, yeah. and it's like, that was how they told story back this then. This is Metal because, Gear Solid? Yeah, because they're like, <laughs> oh, we gotta, we got to in, inject some gameplay in there, with, yep. and the gameplay was just walking five meters, and it's yeah. like, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't gel right, you know? Yeah. Um, Half-Life is a game where the, the story... Valve is particularly good at, at marrying story and gameplay together. Um, Half-Life does it... Did you ever well, see the... Um, the uh, who's that? J.J. Abrams and Gabe talk about uh, video games and movies. No. And they kind of went like, no, back and that forth. sounds like an amazing, like, no, it's, it's quite a few talk. years old. It's like an interview during like BAFTAs or something. Okay. Mm. Um, that, that sounds interesting. But they basically criticize each of the other's mm. medium, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, I, I think there's a, there's a term called ludo narrative disconnect, which is basically when the story, um, says your character is one thing, but what you actually do when you're playing the character right. is another. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is that a little bit like from the uh, that, that first remake of Tomb Raider that was out a few years back where she's horrified that she has to kill a guy, but as the gameplay, you're just murdering. Like, I, I murdered 50 guys to get here, right? and now in a cutscene, she's like terrified of just murdering one person. All right. Uh, maybe. I haven't played it, but that's, uh, that, that does sound like an example of what yeah. I'm talking that, about. That, that, uh, breaks immersion, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes and, it does. And, and things in like a, uh, a like a some like a crime fighting GTA thing. I always thought it would be fun if you were like a cop, mm-hmm. right? And uh, because the game doesn't seem to recognize that you've just run over like fifty people on the way to somewhere, mm-hmm. if the murderer that you're actually like looking for loops around and is actually the player because they've like just like run over like fifty people on the way to somewhere, mm-hmm. but but like 
they're uh, they're investigating a crime that the, the player had inadvertently caused, like you know, hours ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that w- I I thought that that would be a weird thing. Like yeah. R- Resident Evil does things like y- you'll come across a wooden door, and it's like no no. You need this key to get get to the next bit. Sure. And you're holding a freaking shotgun. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. Come on, come on, dude. That's I mean, that is the the fucking plight of adventure <laughs> games, right? Yeah. Or like, oh, I'm sorry, you can't go over there. There's rubble. Yeah. Or there's a fence in the way. Yeah. Right. Or there's like a there's a small gap, and you're carrying something that you could totally build a ladder out of. Yeah. You just don't do it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there are there, I mean, there's and and I actually view that as like technical limits. It, I don't think it's technical limits. I, I think it's um, game design choices. Um, this is this is worse. Uh, as a game designer, we often have to basically decide whether or not the damage to a story is worth the uh, enjoyment you get from the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, there's always there. There are often you have to weigh these things together. Um, in our game, for example. Um, you play a character who literally murders like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Monsters. And, and people. Like <laughs> on the, the second area of the game, you're killing cannibals, right? Yeah. Cannibals these are, these are living people. Yeah. Then bandits in, in the second they're act. They're trying to eat you. So you're just going to go, oh, they're people. I guess right. I better not. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, not. I mean, and, and in fact, Dominus, I believe, comments on this. In, oh, right. In act three, he talks yeah. about how you basically let a let you what led you to him was a huge trail of, of murder yeah yeah um, uh, and so there is um we sort of point that out um but it, it's you still are in theory meant to be rooting for your character who's just like murdering non-stop um and there so there's some there's some ludonarrative disconnect there but um uh, i think the the uh tomb raider example is probably a really it sounds like a very strong example of of what I'm talking about, and that's an area where I do think many games can improve. But this is not uh, a symptom of all games, um, and I think that um, if you're asking for a perfectly crafted masterpiece of a story, you're not going to probably find it in blockbuster games. If you go to see a Marvel movie, you're not expecting them to have a frank discussion about the morality of like you know um fighting in a in a crowded city mm-hmm. you just you're gonna see this the fight in in the crowded city and you know they they blow up a building or whatever and you're like dang that that probably killed a bunch of people they never wow. acknowledged uh, it right? did you watch civil war because that did actually whole thing civil was war. about yes. acknowledging it yes that's a good point that's Which a good I think point. is really great yes as that, that is true um in Guardians of the Galaxy recently, uh, in the, in the Guardians of the Galaxy 2, tons of people die. Then they never really acknowledge it. Uh, uh, what do you mean? T- when when did tons of people die? When, like, the giant blue foamy thing oh, starts right, expanding. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the thing with that is that it shows, like... It shows people escaping. People escaping. It only shows show people, people escaping. Dying. Yeah, but definitely right. people died. Definitely people <laughs> yeah, died. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, also, I also thought it was funny that um, the, uh, the Sovereign in that had basically drone ships and so they're like having these massive space battles yes but they're actually not killing yeah they're fine yeah they're fine because they're just playing in an arcade basically yeah um and i love that movie Mm. but you know there's i if you're not gonna go to like a big action flick and be like why didn't they 
th- this is why my, didn't they really Nick, drill down to the morals that was of the situation? Su- that was, that, was the, that Superman movie, right? Where clearly millions of people died in this in the those in the city, never addressed. Right. So right, talking about movies, yeah, there there are certain established rules of telling story in a movie, right? You, your movie, to, but there are also, doesn't there are exceptions to those rules. Sure, always exceptions. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> sure, but. Typically, for a Western movie, it's a three-act structure. Yeah. It, it follows the narrative of the hero's journey. Yeah. And it will be anywhere between 30 minutes and three hours. 30 Fine. minutes is a pretty short movie. Well, short. shit, I'm just trying that's to give myself You're some, watching a TV show. Some, some wiggle <laughs> <Yeah>. room. <laughs> yep. Sure. But, right? Yep. None of these things are... This is why I love video games well, because it's limitless in what... It's really just a guy with an idea making whatever the hell they feel like. There aren't established rules, is what I'm trying to say here, with video games. I disagree. Okay. Um, and I will point to the Ubisoft open world games as an example. The Assassin's Creed type games? Yes. Towers. Right. Um, points of interest. Dude, that's uh, just those, their design. Those are not... I, I'm, <laughs> These are tropes of Ubisoft. Those are rules that they have established internally for developing yeah. open world games. Now... But they're not overarching rules like a third act structure. Like, yeah, this isn't like... Not um, every open world game needs a tower. No. Uh, yeah, I, and, and I, there are there are games that like to have that twist on the tower. There's sure. no. I I don't know. I mean, definitely correct me if I'm wrong. But are there any movies that have a twist on the third act structure? Um. Yeah. Probably. Probably. I I, I, I can't name any off the top of my head Again, right now. Yes, but, there are exceptions, but yeah. t- typically, sure. Right. Um. Here's here's some here's some game rule examples that you'll probably encounter. Um, the player is usually in control of the, of one character, right? Okay. Uh, not not Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> uh, the player can can not any strategy only one game. at a time though. Not any strategy game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But um, strategy games are often like their story is just right. cutscene. Not not you, any you sports do a thing, games. There's a cut. What's that? Sports games. Yeah, oh, there's they definitely have sports a games. It's it's. I mean <laughs> FIFA. It, sure. I mean there are again there are going to be examples break these rules and also this is games have a very broad archetype a uh, series of archetypes rather that um, films because of their non-interactive nature can't have th- this many archetypes um, but like you know uh, there's almost always a failure case in a game there isn't a failure case in a film right so that's a that's a rule uh, have you um, seen uh, here's another, Jeepers here, Creepers here's a rule you can't um, necessarily get to the end of a story in a game without interacting well, yeah, that's that's video games, right? That's a rule. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, Wait, I guess that is a hard here? rule. Like, yeah, yeah, you like, have to play a game. You have to, to play have it. to interact. <laughs> um, that's not always true, though, because um, uh, really, uh, Far Cry th- four, three or four, whatever, whichever one you can like, put the controller down and wait twenty minutes and you win. That's true, right? So, um, <clears throat> also, uh, uh, Takeshi's. Uh, Takeshi Katano's Nintendo game. I forget what it's called. Um, that's another game where you can put the controller down, and if you wait long enough, I think you just win. Well, I've got. I guess, well, how come? This is way off topic. Yeah. Dark Souls. Yeah. You crouch down in an egg, and you wait, and then you get a little like sure thing, and like you were shitting on that, but now you're basically saying no. I'm that's I'm an saying, interesting thing. I am saying that. The, I mean, these are these. I'm saying these are things that break the rules of of you have right. to. These right. are right. the exception. But, yeah. Yes. So more what I'm saying. You are thinking uh, again. Films have been around a lot longer than games, so they have established a, a structure. Yes, 
Um, and there are things that break that structure, yes. Games haven't been around as long, but there are still thing, established rules, and there are things that break those rules. For yes, example, I, in, I still in, think in most video games, you don't play the bad guy. Sometimes you do, but most times you Again, Grand Theft Auto, you're the bad guy. Again, yes. Sometimes <laughs> you do. There are exceptions. That's one my idea for a video game where you're investigating crimes that you caused. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds fun to me, kind of. Um, uh, Shadow of the Colossus, you're, you play the bad guy, right? I don't know. You do. Anyway. <laughs> Dude, um, I haven't played that yet. Thanks, what? Nick, you <laughs> jerk. I was waiting for that. I'm, I, by the way, that game looks But again, amazing. like yeah. my, my for statement of I don't think video games are there yet. Those rules aren't established and ha- ha- like they're not well that's because when you give a player interaction um you can't constrain them with those sorts of rules necessarily they the pace of the game is going to be different from player to player a three-act structure is a very carefully paced thing um and you you can't necessarily assume that a player is going to get through the first act in a certain amount of time and then second act in the next part you know um so pacing has to be done on a much smaller scale usually um like in, in, if we're going to use Zelda Breath of the Wild as an example, each of those dungeons is fairly short. They could have been huge. They've, there are Zelda games that have huge dungeons. Um, so they the, made a very uh, careful, uh, very deliberate choice in how they pace that gameplay out. Mm-hmm. And there's always, and like, games are always evolving on how they uh, convey story to you, you know. Like, you, you say, like, you hate audio logs, but there was a time when audio logs were, like, the new thing. <laughs> I yeah. know. And people were like, fucking put audio logs in this is great you can listen to it and walk around it doesn't break game flow now that's become such a trope that it's like we need, we got to come up with like something, how do you how do you feel better. about audio logs because uh, you know i play horizon yeah and i and I, I encountered a couple audio i logs. i like actually uh horizon i was fine with the audio logs because there's not that many mm. like i don't like it when that's the main way to tell story same yeah <laughs> so you know i think uh I haven't played it at all, but I think uh, Bioshock does that a lot, like heavily relying yeah. on audio logs. Yeah, I mean, logs. System Shock was the or System Shock Two was one of the mm. first games to do that. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think at the at the time, like it, it was a cool way to do it because the alternative was like a wall of text or a cutscene. Well, it also meant that you could have a game where you are the lone good guy, mm. like there are no other friendly people around, mm-hmm. um, and you can still have a story. Yeah, with with multiple characters. Yeah, and it doesn't slow down gameplay because you're listening to it while you're playing. Right, and um, there's something cool about finding these things. Mm. You found the story. Yeah. Um, Nick is Zelda's story good. Breath of the Wild. <laughs> um, the actual structured story is awful. It, I mean, it's just I, I we talked about the terrible like, voice acting. I don't know why we'd even talk about this game. Because that game is amazing. Everything I mean, else about that game is awesome. Because there is a difference between like its story and like your story. Yes, and also would you a compare between, it to Transformers? There's a difference between. Oh man, I please. compare everything to Transformers. <laughs> but there's a there's an important distinction to be made between a story and storytelling as well. I think, um, and that game has a terrible actual like storyline, mm-hmm. but their storytelling outside of the dumb cutscenes is fantastic their environmental stuff even the npcs that you talk to all of their right. scripts are, are I, I, again great. like their fidelity is so on the nose that they could never do you see what i'm saying with the environmental storytelling like you couldn't the detail doesn't accommodate for something with high fidelity like a last of us and uncharted i mean it doesn't just they're, because they're, of their technical limit but the and yet they still have fantastic environmental storytelling okay. so okay 
I don't. I just don't see what that has to do with, like how the, with the storytelling. It doesn't really matter how it looks. What matters is I, what I'm, it says. I'm really just saying the technical restraints of a thing matter. If, if that's something you're going off, um, it can. If you're going for hyper realism, sure. If something looks bad, it'll take you out of the experience. I don't think that's the case for most things. Well, most Nintendo things for sure. Portal didn't look that good. The second one was great. Um, I'm sure and the first one was good at the time as well. I mean, it it not not really. It was very plain. Okay. White, very sort of sterile environments, and even like the. <laughs> I mean, that was the, the idea. That was, that was yeah. conscious, yeah. Yeah. right? <laughs> but that was that was a part of like keeping the scope of the game down. Probably, yeah. Um. So. There are decisions that are made. Like again, I don't think aesthetics necessarily play that big a role. Oh, well, that's where we disagree. That's fair. Um, <laughs> we're pretty much out of time at this point. We're way over yeah. time. Actually, there was um, there was a couple of things that uh, you probably got them uh, relating to something Sav said. Oh, jeez! <laughs> <laughs> Read it out in episode sixty. Have you got it? You got it there. Oh yes, he said. Uh, this is from that one dev. Wait. Severn plays. Uh, uh, Let's try that again. Uh, Severn prefers a game he finds visually inferior. Street Fighter versus Injustice. In mm-hmm. Has that ever happened before? Again, Nick, if you bloody listen to me, <laughs> these the, the fighting me? game, the fighting game, like it's it's a damn good fighting game. That's why I like Street these Fighter. Are, these are people. Oh, by the way, these are people not criticizing you. These are people who are like, this is great. No, I know, <laughs> and and, I, and they're referring to Street Fighter. Yeah. When I said Injustice looks like garbage. Yep. Yeah. And um yeah, I I I recognize good games. Awesome. Street Fighter greater than Mortal Kombat. Uh Vigalip says never in the history of man. It was foretold in a prophecy long ago that he might one day enjoy a game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Me. Do that again. I'm cutting this. I'm cut, cutting the sneeze out. <laughs> cut the sneeze out, please. Cut that sneeze, please. Um This is from Vigalip, never in the history of man. We'll stop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, third try. Third try. Here we go. Here we go. We're going to get this. I assume this was in response to that one. Yes, it was. It was in response Um, to that. He said, never in the history of man. It was foretold in a prophecy long ago that he might one day enjoy a game over more than just its visuals. Uh, Thank you. I I love our fans, by the way. Yeah, our fans are awesome. Keep coming. Especially when they criticize you. Uh, (laughs) I love it. Delightful. Yeah, <laughs> I I think I've just painted myself like a, a target on myself. <laughs> I, I think you have because oh, I'm, I'm I think fine you've, with it. you've taken you've taken a stance, um, which for all intents and purposes is wrong. Well, shit, there you go. <laughs> and you're gonna you're, you're gonna you're, spark another you're half a hour of discussion by saying that <laughs> on a video game. Podcast apparently, you can't about have opinions you like video games. <laughs> uh, apparently, you can't have opinions if you if you make video games. No, you can. You can't criticize. The, you can. The, you the just need to make sure you're... that you're you're fair with your criticisms. I think. Mm. All right. Um, <laughs> in closing, Severn sucks. <laughs> and, uh, I love you, Severn. Uh, I, I love our debates. <laughs> Thanks, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you're very welcome. Um, if you, how would you fix it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a fair question, right? Because I okay, I think that uh, marrying hey, gameplay you, and story more closely is is a good direction to go in, right? Dude, I agree. How would you do that, Nick? I think I would do it this way, the way Valve does it. You know, <laughs> um, make sure that you're never taken out of the story. I think that's a good example. Anyway, I would I would just have cutscenes 
the whole time. <laughs> yeah, audio logs. I would, have a, I would have a game with no gameplay that's all just like maybe an hour and a half of uh, one cutscene. Mm, yep. And you'd you'd watch it with a whole bunch of other people right. in, a, in a dark room. In dark room. Yep. Heavy I mean, rain. You, I mean, and... sorry, you'd play it with a whole bunch of other people yeah. in a dark room. Do you room. think um, there would be like... And it would be called Transformers. Really, really <laughs> tiny, short versions of these... Uh, other games that will come out in like yeah, later yeah, on, yeah, and actually, show them yeah, yeah, up front. Yep, definitely. For like fifteen minutes. Yep. Yeah. And uh, since and since like, since I'd pay like fifteen bucks to do one of those. Really? To play one of those? Yeah. Uh-huh. How about uh, you can make it even better by putting uh, glasses on and then you're having a 3D experience. Ooh. Can I eat popcorn? Uh, well, since you're not uh, holding yeah. using the controller, yeah, like oh. your hands can be free. That's wow. the benefit of this uh, gameplay system. That's amazing. Is that your hands are free. The game <laughs> plays itself, and right. you can sit back and enjoy a nice popcorn. Mm, mm, you know mm. the way you describe it. It sounds like I wouldn't even have to have this in my own home. I could just like go out to like a, a specific location where this can happen. Uh, mm. Yeah, we. I mean, we're working a multiplex. On, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- th- this is for the future. We're working on on <laughs> things like that. <laughs> I would. Would you be interested? You, you might be interested in my Kickstarter. <laughs> Tell me more. Um, all right, uh, we're out of time. We should wrap it up. Um, if you have uh, angry emails to send to myself or Severn, not Blake. Blake doesn't deserve any anger. Um, email do, us, frenziequestions at email. <laughs> can I Blake. plug something real quick? Yeah. Uh, so Bex is open to the idea of coming on to the podcast. Oh, yeah. Nag her on Reddit. Uh-oh. It's going to have a backfire uh, effect. Do you think it would be oh, a bad idea? Uh, nah. Let's, we've already done it. We're, we're dedicated. We're, we're already in there. Let's do it. Yep. All right. <laughs> Uh, if you want to Nag see Bex on the podcast, you can email us frontseatquestions@gmail.com. You can also tweet at frontseatcast. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash frontseatcast. Uh, on frontseatgamer.wordpress.com, you can post comments about how wrong Severn is about story and how much of the Stanley Parable he should play in brackets, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube.com slash frontseatcast is where you'll find our YouTube channel. Uh, we have bits on there. Bites, in yeah. fact. I haven't done any in ages. Well, no, a month. Well, they still exist. Yeah, um, but I'll I'll get some more up there. Mm-hmm. Like we also just conversation have a whole <laughs> We'll probably go up there at some point. Yeah, uh, uh, we're part of the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network as hashtag AGP on Twitter, and our Facebook page is Facebook.com/slash/groups slash AGPN Network or AGP Network. Um, and you should rate us on iTunes and tell your friends. Our audience has been slowly growing. Very exciting. Um, let's keep that going. Oh, yeah, uh, there was something I wanted to... Then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good God, Blake. <laughs> there's something I wanted to tell Severn here. Uh, do you remember when we were talking about how um, I uh, was was uh, searching for uh, Front Seat Gamer on YouTube, mm-hmm. and you were like, ah, oh, it's just because, you know, Google algorithms, you should mm-hmm. try it in incognito mode. Mm-hmm. I did, and we're still number one. That's great to hear. Yeah, boy. That is great to hear. <laughs> We've claimed you go- it. So you're yep. saying that if, we go- if you Google our name, you find us. Yeah. Wow. That's a but, big deal. Uh, look, you weren't here for this conversation, right? You don't know the whole backstory. <laughs> I don't. Oh, but, but we can we can discuss the, it another time. In, t- in oh the God. beginning. <laughs> all right. That's all we have time for. Bye. I've told you of my student diet, right? 
No. I think so. I want to hear about it. I think, Even if you have told him, I, I must have it. told you as well about this. My student diet, on, it's, it's, it's my student diet and my un, unemployment diet. Yep. Actually, it was more of my unemployment diet. My student diet was actually better. Mm. Um, but yeah, my, un, my unemployment diet was like I would get um, pasta mm. because it's super cheap. It's super cheap pasta because you get like a whole bag for like a dollar. Mm. I get that and chicken nuggets. And I would take like, I'd take yeah, like. Are pretty pricey. Uh, well, here's the thing. I would take like four or five chicken nuggets at a time and cut them up into little pieces. Oh wow! Add add them, put them in a frying pan, mm. uh, fry fry them up, and then I'd have my pasta cooking, and then put that in there, and so I'd have like like chicken nugget pasta. Mm. But uh, I would also buy the massive like tomato cheapest sauce. tub of tomato sauce, wow. the like five liter one or something, yep. and just like put that on there as like as like pasta sauce. Yep. Fucking great! This is Matt Damon and fucking <laughs> on that Mars movie. Yeah, yeah. But the, and but the thing is, like, at the tomato sauce thing. I got such a taste for it that I even to this day, if I have pasta, I'm I'm not buying pasta sauce. I'm gonna put tomato sauce on it. <laughs> Dude, Jono told me a story where he was really poor and he just brought a huge bag of potatoes. Yep, and had that for a month. Fuck, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool, man. Oh, cool. Potatoes, potatoes for a month? Oh, dude, man, they, that's so cool. Dude, that guy's hardcore. <laughs> what kind of... Po- was Did it like he just... A, Idaho Brown? Was it like... Oh, man, I ate them raw. <laughs> when I, dude, when Peelings I, and all. When I studied at media design school, I was like, all right, I'm going to be a real student now. Yeah. I went out and brought like fucking cans of spaghetti and stuff. Yeah. I did two days of that and I was like, fuck this. When I first moved to the US, uh, I... Didn't know where to go shopping or anything. Oh yeah, I, to to get to like the closest store, I had to like walk twenty minutes, and um, then I'd have to carry heavy groceries back mm. like uphill. And um, but the the housemates I was living with would occasionally drive to a place called Trader Joe's, which is a big supermarket chain in the U.S. And um, I discovered they have these like frozen gyoza for three dollars a bag. You could get like really, really fucking good like shrimp and and. Mm. chive gyoza mm. um and i didn't so i would buy like packs and packs and packs of these and mm. i would maybe like split the pack into like three meals um so it was basically a, a little a, about a dollar meal maybe a little more than mm. that. and i would cook them i didn't have my my cooking setup was uh an electric stove and a frying pan mm-hmm. and a wok i think i think that's all i had um dude and, walks are and, great and gyoza have to be steamed oh and so what I ended up doing was like I would cook them in the frying pan and then put the wok upside down on top of it. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and nice. like that's that's basically and how. It was fine. I, and I just I just eat yep. like, and I put like some water at the bottom of the uh, frying yeah, pan. So yeah. I'd fry for a little while and then, yeah. What is was, the most real ghetto? What is the most like poor studenty thing you guys have ever done? Mine would be the spaghetti. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's more spaghetti like. For like a couple of days, yeah. Like, that's it. it. It was, dude. My parents were supporting me. Oh man, that's cool. When I was, this is this is not even like a student. This is I was like twenty four, twenty five when I was doing this. Yep. This was when I was living in Australia between my, between here and IGN, and um, I, almost every dinner consisted of a can of soup and and bread. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was it. Um, I found some great soups, and um, I found I found that there's like this Chinese. Like pan- like chive pancakes, I can mm. get frozen chive pancakes, fry them up. Oh, Ivy and, gets those all the and time. And dip the dip that in the soup, and that was yep. really good. They're like flaky, mm. right? Yeah, 
so good. Mm. Oh my god. Yep. Mm. Um, or I would do like like a dollar pack of pasta with like chopped up mushrooms and asparagus in it. Mm. Uh, that's incredible. You? Um, like the pasta thing is probably the most studenty thing I've done food wise, mm. but uh. The the most studenty thing non food wise is um, uh, when I first moved to Auckland, um, I was staying at the YMCA, and uh, how long were you there for? I was only there for like oh, I don't know six months or something. Okay, yeah, only six months. Only six That's months. quite a while. It was, it, dude. It was, I like I got a little bit used to it, but the shower situation was real bad. My my place was like that too. It was because uh, I I had a schoolmate yeah. at the YMCA. But I was living out by the hospital, grafting yeah. just across that bridge, that that building, that Auckland University. Oh yeah, called. I know that. It's called the Huia, uh Residence or some shit. But yeah, communal showers. Dude, communal showers. We had so fucking hell the showers. We just had a curtain, and I was like, I just showered in my boxes like the whole time I was wow. there because I'm like, <laughs> I'm not letting anybody fucking see anything here. Yeah. I'm, you know. And then when I left, they installed actual <laughs> cubicles <laughs> with doors, and I was oh, like, wow. what the hell is this? <laughs> They like Wait, upgraded the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. And they had like a little bench where you could put your wow. clothes and stuff like that. And I was like, "This is oh. But um, yeah. The most studenty thing I did was uh, I was I was staying there and uh, I ran out of like like body soap or any sort of shampoo or anything like that. Yeah. So I was like, "Fuck! What what do I got? I got I don't have any money for this. Uh, oh, I've got um um dishwashing liquid. Oh wow, that's amazing." <laughs> yes. So oh, I went in the geez. shower with my fucking lemony dishwashing yeah, liquid. Yeah, it's lemony fresh. Yeah, it was Ooh. lemony. <laughs> so, yeah. Were you like oh, zero oil? <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah. And I used it for like until it was Squishy. gone. Yeah, yeah I used yeah. it till it was all gone because I was like, why the fuck am I spending money on yeah. <laughs> on like oh expensive God. soaps and stuff when Amazing. I can just By the plug use... hole, it's just like bubble. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, all right, I think you win. That's what amazing. about toothpaste? Did, did it ever get skint? Uh, no, I just soap. I, yeah, still dish soap. Toothpaste <laughs> was always no. Yeah. yeah, that was a necessity. That was a necessity. <laughs> All right, I we do. Should. I do remember. Um, I used to buy just the dollar bars of soap. Yep. And I remember saying to myself, one day, one day, Blake, you'll be, you'll be liquid soap. You'll be liquid soap. <laughs> and and guess what? If you look at my bathroom right now, <laughs> liquid soap. Actually, I'm running out of the liquid soap, so I added a little extra water in there. <laughs> oh, wow. Because <laughs> I need to go get some more. Oh, man. <laughs> Being a student is fucking great. Yeah. it's. I think it's an important I, thing that, that some people like might miss out on. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I, I, didn't, I was never a student. So. But you lived a student like, like, like I mean, I, I lived a frugal life. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important. Like, that's the yeah. thing. It, to, to, to have a part in your life where... Like you are kind of struggling and you're just getting th- getting by, you know. It, it certainly makes you value the dollar more. Yeah, you it know? really does. Um, it uh, it helps you, I think, budget future in, later on in life. Mm. So, um, all right, good stuff, man. Shall we get started? Fuck.